Hey, David. Uh, okay, what what is our show known for? Oh, Star Wars content? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, Jewel Heist. Mm-hmm, getting, yeah, very, very close. Sleep Prime Stories. I don't know what you said there, uh, but probably closer. I said, I said silly crime stories. Yes. Okay. So I have an update. It's not much of an update on our golden toilet, America. Uh, so now five people have been arrested. Whoa. For a conspiracy to commit burglary. No, um, no one has been um, executed or anything like that yet. Um but I expect after my trip to London and seeing how they do things there uh, from a quick justice justice standpoint, I expect there to be many public floggings and uh, beheadings. So we'll keep an eye out on that. But you think the world would learn, right, David, that if you have a gold toilet, someone's going to steal it? You would You would think that if our reporting has done nothing else, it would inform the rest of the world that you don't just put golden toilets out on display for the world to see. I mean, but you don't, you don't make a golden toilet, then hide it away. You got to share it with the world. Well, this Hong Kong jewelry company, David, they, uh, they up the ante. Okay. okay At, uh... So you're, you're telling me that someone made a product called America and then someone in China is going to make it for cheap. That's where I'm guessing this is going because that's the way it all goes all the time. Except it's not cheap at all. What? Okay, so they, they made a golden toilet. It's made out of basically all gold except for the seat, the uh, 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 part with the hinge, right? You know? The where what? You, I'm sorry, the what part? The uh, 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 with the hinge oh. where, you, where you sit down. Um, yeah. So that part is not made of gold. That is a... Diamond toilet seat, David. 40,815 diamonds are embedded into bulletproof glass. Let me repeat that. 40,815 diamonds embedded into bulletproof glass on top of a golden toilet seat. It's a total of 334 carats. I am speechless right now. So, I have to think it's the most expensive toilet in the world, but maybe the most expensive piece of furniture in the world. Like, the oh, other yeah. toilet seat was just to- just gold, and it was valued at $5 million, and that's because it was, like, art, right? This is, this is solid gold plus a rear load of diamonds, 40,815. Yeah. I think that's a measure load. <laughs> So it but. sets <laughs> the greatest thing is it it's in, being inspected by Guinness World Records, of course, to determine whether it qualifies uh, for a new record, the most diamonds set in a toilet. Oh no no record, no word on record held by who now. Yeah, no word on who the previous record holder is. Um but this company apparently is it's their thing, right? So it would be the tenth world record for this jewelry company. They already have one for example, uh, most diamonds set in a watch, which seems like the more natural um, use of diamonds is on jewelry because um, I mean, I'm granted, I don't have a gold toilet, but I've never invited someone into my home to show off my toilet. Is a gold toilet more cl- also? Does a gold toilet conduct electricity? Because I see water, I see a metal, and I worry about electricity. Mm-hmm. Did you know some, someone's make a boat in the bath or something? And then, you know, some groundhog issues ensue, and then there's a problem with the toilet too, like someone sitting on the toilet. I'm just see, I see a lot of problems. Also, like, metal gold, gold is not uh, very stiff, right? It's, like, super malleable as far as metals go. And uh, it's a softer metal. And so you would think over time, like, it would conform to your shape. So maybe oh, that's cool. why people like it. Maybe it's, it's a benefit, right? You, you need a, you, it can actually break in your toilet. Sounds delightful. I had a, I had a elementary school who had a soft toilet seat. And it took some getting used to, if I ever had to do a business in his toilet. It was, like, weird to sit down and have some give on the tissue and not, like, sitting on porcelain. So I took them getting used to. He swore by it. He loved it. 
but I don't know. I don't. I don't love. I like to feel solid beneath me. Yeah. Um, While I anyway. some solids beneath me. Gross. So we, hey, we should say um, at the top of the show that we are doing this podcast in two separate locations. You can probably hear either some delay or um, on David's end, maybe some dropping in and out. So we apologize for the audio on this one, but it's been so my end. Why is it my end? Well, because I'm I'm recording directly into the microphone on my end. So I don't think there will be much of a a quality issue on my end. There could be, I don't know. We'll have to listen to it afterwards. Um, My fault. It's not always my fault, Anthony. Also, before we move on from the toy thing, imagine uh, if an alien race came yeah. and they found our golden and, and diamond studded, sorry, diamond embedded golden toy. Imagine they would probably think that we worshiped or praised the act of defecating. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's this, it's what we honor and what we worship. They're like, oh, they would take these, they would take these metal and glass tablets where they could see anything with them to their throne and there they would worship the art and act of defecation. I don't think that's too far off though, David. I would I would venture that most people have had a BM or two where they've felt inclined to show someone because they were so proud. Oh, you're saying they're worshiping their okay, I see that coming. I thought you were gonna say something about it's very common that people take their phone to the toilet. And yeah, yeah, of no, course. No, no. Hey, if you, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. But, I think some everything, everyone needs to try this. You know how, so Walden had his pond where he went and lived for a year and, and tried to like, or is that Thoreau? Thoreau to Walden's pond, okay? And he was there for a year, right? And that's how we like Zen and how we like became one with nature and he wrote all this great stuff about that, really changed who he was as a person living in a cabinet by a lake for a, I think we should all stop taking our toilets to the bathroom to really connect with nature again. I think that's the new Walden's pond. Mm-hmm. You're, I, I, I can tell you're with me on this. I can tell you're really with me. So next time, next time you need to do your business, Anthony, just leave your phone in the other room. I promise you, your mind will be clearer, and you will walk out refreshed, relieved, even. Mm. Relieved. I'll take your word for it. Okay. All right. Well. This is subjectively correct sports, where we talk about golden diamonds to the toilets and stuff, and we do talk about sports. And I'm so I'm a very patient, very good fan, because my patience is being rewarded, not just in the real life, but also on this podcast, because my team, the San Francisco 49ers, eight. Oh, they have a better record than the New England Patriots. I have not been able to say that like 15 years. It's been a long time since I've been able to say 40 years, but one of the best teams in football. And oh, it feels good. I just want you to know, 49ers, I never abandoned you. I never forsook you. Did I not watch when you were on Monday Night Football and playing a good team? Yeah, you know, I decided watching you lose wasn't my favorite way to spend a Monday night. Was I disappointed? Was I upset? Did I stop following you for a while? Did I stop caring about who you drafted, who your assistant coaches were, and who your quarterbacks were? Yeah, I kind of kind of stopped caring. Guess what? I loved you, always have, always will, and now we are back. We are 8-0. We have one of the best defenses in the league. We have a very, very good running game. Kyle Shanahan designs a running game like Chinese people design toilets. It is uh... beautiful. And... Jimmy Garoppolo is continuing to improve, which is very exciting because he's been a good game manager type quarterback. And he had to make some throws this last week against Arizona that were tight window timing throws that they needed to have on third and long situations. And he did exactly what his team needed him to do. He threw for 300 plus yards and four touchdowns. And he's the first quarterback to do that in a long time for the San Francisco 49ers. I am so excited about this. We're playing the Seahawks Monday Night Football. Uh, it's a big game. It's a divisional game, and it's you know the Seahawks are a good team. Russell Wilson makes whatever team you're on a competitive team. DK Metcalf, I think the DK stands for Donkey Kong because he's built the sad Donkey Kong. This guy's a beast, and he's developing into a great route runner, and he's big and physical and active. But what I'm hoping to see and what I'm predicting will happen is the Seahawks will try to establish the run. 
to stop these 49ers pass rush so that they can get some opening later in the game uh, in, the, in the secondary when they have to bring guys down to stop the run. If the 49ers can stop the Seahawks from uh, establishing the 49ers are to start getting pressure on Russell Wilson with four guys, which they which 49ers have been able to do consistently this year with that that front four, including the my new favorite Bosa, Nick Bosa, and they'll have a spy on Russell Wilson, fast linebackers that can spy Russell Wilson, so he won't break the game with his legs, and the secondary will play well enough to to stifle the receivers for the uh, for the Seahawks, and we're going to have a good game and get a win against the Seahawks and go to nine and zero. Oh. I feel it coming. I'm excited, and it feels good to be an excited sport. Oh, oh that felt good. I've been holding in 49er stuff for weeks, just being patient, not wanting to go overboard, and I know I just 49er gold rush all over the place. Don't care. We're 8-0. I deserve this. I earned so, this. So, obviously, the 49ers have been really good. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid they're going to end up being like a 10-16. and 16. And just because their first eight games, with the exception of at Los Angeles Rams, um, they haven't really beat anyone that great, to be honest. Um, What, last week they won against Arizona. They won by three. They beat Carolina the week before. They beat Washington the week before that. Two weeks before that was Cleveland. Week before that was Pittsburgh. Week before that was... Cincinnati a week before that was Tampa Bay. So you can only beat who's on your schedule. And they're 8-0, and they're the only undefeated team in the league. Good for them. The next five games, you mentioned Seattle. Then they play Arizona again. Okay, so let's just say I'm I'm uh, I'm 50-50 on if they'll beat Seattle. Let's just I'm gonna mark it as a loss. I'm just gonna say, okay. So that's another eight and one. I'll say they beat Arizona nine and one. Versus Green Bay, I'm gonna give Green Bay. Okay, I'm gonna go nine and two at Baltimore. That, that game's at, gonna tug at my heartstrings, man. I'm gonna have to choose sides. Like I'm gonna want yeah. Aaron Rodgers to throw for 500 yards, but I'm gonna want the 49ers to win by a field goal or something like that. Yep. Then they're gonna go at Baltimore. I think that's another loss. At New Orleans, possibly another loss. So now you're at, you're at four losses, and then your last three games are Atlanta, LA Rams against at Seattle, and so I think. They'll still end up with a decent record, right? Even even if it's ten and six, that's in you're in the playoffs most years. Um, but I before before we get too excited, David, I'm just I'm looking out for you. Okay, this is for you. I just I think we need some perspective on what they've done and what they've yet to do. Okay, and so do you want some perspective? <laughs> do, do you really want perspective? So I'll drop some perspective so hard on you right now. Okay. But two aspects of football are most consistent and that travel the best. In other words, what two Def- elements defense of a and football rushing. team? Defense and the running game. What yeah. are the 49ers here? Defense and their running game. So if you yeah, get yeah, there, yeah, but yeah, but defense this defense is, against is, who they've played so far. Right. I mean, have they played a high-powered offense yet? Do we really know what that defense looks like? The the Rams are the best the, the best Last offensive year. team they've, yes. they've played, right? Yeah, they made them look ridiculous. In fact, one of the reasons that the Rams are being looked at as kind of like regressing hard this year is the way they performed against the 49ers. And I don't know what people are saying about that game, if it was more the 49ers defense or the Rams have really regressed that bad. But they have this central... Uh, they have the same central guys. They have the same offensive line, basically. Nothing's changed in L.A. What did change is the 49ers got significantly better on defense. And now Richard Sherman had been in that system for two years, and he's uh, helping young guys learn the defense and the schemes. And Nick Bosa and the front four are getting pressure on quarterbacks. I don't think that was the Rams regressing. I think the 49ers have taken a huge leap. And now they have a quarterback who... Uh, is at least competent in the system. I'm not going to say he's a great quarterback, although against the Cardinals, he looked pretty good, made great throws against the defense. I'm excited about this team, and I think they'll continue to win. Of course, they'll lose a few along the way, but I think they'll continue to win and end up with a good record. Yeah, I think they're going to end up with a good record. I'm just saying, I don't think the what they've done so far 
as necessarily predictive for what they're going to do for the second half of their season. Right. And that's fair. And that's but you say that and still eight no. What up? Yeah, and hey, you know what? I I'm not a four nine hater. I I hope they win. I hope they win out. I don't that that'd be great. That'd be cool. Um, I just I feel for you, David. And I've been here before. I've been here before with teams that maybe overperform uh, at a certain point the season, and then uh, and then you're just set, setting yourself up for disappointment. Okay, so I, we, I you know what I'm feeling. Like, you know what I'm feeling like. Right, I'm feeling maybe a little bit like Andy trying to talk Jim out of uh, being getting too serious with Pam, right? Because I've been burned. I've been hurt. Okay, and so I'm just, I, you know, I want you. I want David to take care of himself. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, you know the phrase: "It's better to have loved and lost than never have loved at all." I've loved yeah. the 49ers for a long time. I've lost a lot with the 49ers, right? And now we're winning. I'm going to enjoy the crap out of this season, and I'm going to enjoy the crap out of this team, and I'm going to love watching them play, whether they win or whether they lose, because my goodness, we have a team that matters again. Oh, I have a team that matters, and it feels good. It feels good to have a football team that I'm excited to to watch on Sunday, and that I. I rush to my phone as soon as I get out of church or sometimes maybe while I might still be in church. Don't tell my bishop. I don't think he listens. Anyway, and I will check the scores because I'm excited about this team, and I love it. I don't care if we're winning or losing. We're relevant. And when you're a fan of a team that hasn't been relevant for this long, that used to be good, I mean, my early memories of sports fandom is watching the 49ers on a Super I haven't experienced that in a long time. We came close with Kaepernick in the Super Bowl with uh, the Harbaugh Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm just so happy to have a relevant team. And I'm just along for, I mean, they could lose the rest of their games, honestly. And at least we have a team that matters. And Richard Sherman has been fun to listen to because I used to hate him. Not hate him. I respect the crap out of him. But I hated that he was beating my team, right? He's one of those guys that like Draymond Green. If he's on your team, you love him. If you're yeah. playing against him, you hate him. Uh, maybe more on that later. But... Richard Sherman is now that guy for my team, and I love it. Oh, I'm so excited, Anthony. So I'm good. Don't worry about me. I don't go through the cycle of grief anytime my team loses a major game. I'll be fine. I'm good. You know what? So are the 49ers, and that makes me happy. Um, I like what you said, you know, that your team's relevant. And I, I think about – because I've never – maybe there was a year or two here or there where I, I, I didn't have a team that I was rooting for – that had something at stake, right? Like, I've, I've benefited from being an L.A. sports fan. And granted, L.A. Had, doesn't have, like, the championships, like a Boston or New York, where it's, like, it seems like every year there's some t- title. But, like, the Lakers, for the most part, for most of my life, have been very relevant and in, like, title contention most years, except for, like, maybe, I don't know, eight, eight out of my, like, 35 years, right? And so the Lakers have always kind of been there. Dodgers, especially over the last um, decade almost, have have uh, been really good. And they were really good when I was little. Um, and then maybe the Kings. I don't know. I never rooted for the Kings. But between the Dodgers and the between the Dodgers and the Lakers, there was always like someone that was good, right? A team that was good. And I just think like, what would what is it like to grow up in like Cleveland to grow up in uh, Orlando. Uh, I don't know where 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 else, David. Somewhere. Uh, what is it like Tennessee? to grow? Sure, Tennessee. Um, it would be brutal, right? Like, how do you you really have to be a diehard? And I don't. I've never been tested with that. Like, to have have to show. Uh, loyalty to a, to a team that just is irrelevant and irrelevant for like my entire life, you know. Well, well your your LA roots go deep, right? So even if even if the Lakers went on a string, if, if LeBron when he left the Lakers um, left it completely decimated and just at the bottom of the barrel, scraping the bottom of the barrel for wins, whatever wins they can get, uh, you would still love that team, you know what I mean? Because you know, I, I know mm-hmm. you would still love that team. You know what I mean. Uh, but it is kind of sad when you the joy of football kind of disappears a little bit. They start looking for other players you like on other teams, even if they're on rivals like the Packers. 
for you to latch on to and be like, I can be excited about football because Aaron Rodgers is good. And hopefully 49ers will be good eventually. You know what I mean? It is mm-hmm. a difficult place to be in sometimes because I lost, I lost a little bit of my love of football because the team yeah. was bad. Yeah, but but like just thinking about being a sports fan and never having experienced the joy of your team winning, like winning it all, you know, that's a, that's kind of a weird thought to me, you know, because right, like like Tampa Bay, I think is a good example of that. I have the Lightning won anything? The Tampa well, Bay Lightning the hockey Buc- team have did the did the Buccaneers not, the one sap John Green? Yeah, yeah, the Buccaneers won. Um, Orlando, right? Orlando's never won. Um, I mean, you have generations of people in in uh, Cleveland that, until the Cavs won, you know, hadn't experienced it since the Browns in the the, the Joe the Joe Joe Brown. What was, what was his name? Jim Brown. Did the Jim Brown Browns? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have like Cubs fans that waited a hundred years, right? Right. So there there are instances of that, but. I was I had the benefit of when I was little, like the Dodgers won a World Series and the Lakers. It was a Showtime Lakers. They were winning championships every couple of years, uh, and so like I remember my my earliest sports memories are of LA sports teams winning, and like I just thinking, well, they're the best and they win, and that's that's it, right? <laughs> and, right. And, and it was it like, wasn't hard for me to like fall in love with them, you know. Right. And you had a uh, you had a reason to care about the team from the beginning because you grew up uh, you spent part of your childhood there, right? So it's not like uh, someone who uh, just is a child and sees the Patriots winning a lot right now. So oh, I must like this team because they're good. But eventually they're they're going to dip and they're not going to be good ever, right? Eventually, I don't know, maybe Bill Belichick's an empire, I don't know. But eventually, that team will stop being good for a while. And in a weird parallel universe, maybe the Jets and Dolphins are vying for dominance in that division. <laughs> I know it's hard to imagine. I know it's hard to imagine. I know. No, it's hard to imagine. But uh, I don't know. It's crazy, dude. It's a weird oh. thing to it, me. Enjoy. There's so many different reasons yeah. to be loyal. Right? Yeah. And it comes from like where you grow up. I mean, one of my favorite radio uh, personalities is Mike Ryan from the Lebetard Show. He's a huge Cleveland Browns fan, and he grew up in Miami. And people are always like, why in the world are you a Browns fan? And he has to explain every every now and again on the show. My my abuelita one time, my, my grandma brought home some plate from the uh, uh, from the dollar store because they needed plates for her birthday, and it was a Cleveland Browns uh, plate set for his uh, birthday. And mm-hmm. so he became a fan of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, bless his heart. Uh, even now that he's, suff- he's suffering with Odell Beckham Jr. on his team, but I mean, we become fans for weird reasons, but right. once we're a fan of a sports team, we can be extremely loyal. I mean, and I, I kind of caught myself watching highlights of games like Sunday afternoon because I couldn't watch the games because they've been blacked out in some areas, which sucks. And I'm watching highlights of 49ers games, and I'm standing up and like pumping my fist when Brita runs for 45 yards or something for a touchdown. And <laughs> I'm getting excited watching the highlights like that. And, oh, man, it, it comes right back. Like, as soon as your team is good and is relevant again, and you can get excited really quickly, loyalty never goes away. And it's even to be disloyal to, I don't know, friends and family. That would be good. Well, enjoy it while it lasts, David. I mean, not your loyalty. Enjoy the, the 49ers awesome season. Um, oh, feels great, baby. I, are, are they at the top of, like, all the power rankings? Because I wonder if there's, like, if people are discounting them because of the strength of schedule. Um, and if... You know, if they've yeah. got Pittsburgh or if they've got Baltimore or some other, you know, Green Bay maybe at, in the, at the top. Right. They're, they're still, for the for reasons you mentioned, like who they play, we don't really know who they are yet. Uh, same reasons, some experts are not putting them that high in the power rankings. A mm-hmm. lot of the experts are citing the defense like I did and saying, you know, I mean, the defense is, is great. It's a great defense right now. And so a lot of them are putting them in the top three, top five. But I yeah, think very few of them have the number one. And and but you know what? Even the Patriots being seven and one, they have their flaws. And their biggest weakness right now is probably their offense. Yeah, I mean, for for as much as we caution against writing off the Patriots because they're yeah. you know they're the Spurs of of the NFL or vice versa. Uh, Tom Brady doesn't look like an MVP quarterback this year. Um, and the yeah, you're right. The offense is the defense is amazing. Um, 
So ESPN's power rankings have San Francisco number one, up from two last week. They dropped New England to two from one last week. Then they got the Saints, the Ravens, the Chiefs. Okay. And then Seahawks, Seahawks, Packers. And Reed brushed his mustache, got the crumbs off of that, and said Mahomes is probably (laughs) going to play this week unless something changed. Yeah, hopefully hopefully he's fully healed because it's not – in my mind, it's not worth it, especially in that division. They don't need Mahomes to make the playoffs. I mean, maybe the Raiders are what? I think a game back, but it's the Raiders. I don't know. Uh, the Dem- Broncos aren't going to do anything. Chargers aren't going to do anything. So I hope they're not rushing Mahomes back. Hopefully they're being smart about it. Oh, and he's a franchise quarterback, right? They're not going to rush him back. Yeah. Um yeah, but there's really no other, like, you think about all the other teams. I don't, there's no one else you look at and you think, oh, they're going to they're gonna really be a problem. Like, everyone's kind of got flaws. There's no, I feel like last year you looked at the, the, the Patriots and the, you looked at the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the uh, and the Rams, I think, right? And maybe towards towards the end, the Saints, yeah. And, uh, and you thought, well, those are the teams, right? And this year, I mean, I guess it's kind of similar. You've got four or five teams that are maybe set themselves apart, but I wouldn't, I could see any one of them losing in the first round of the playoffs too, you know? And that's, and that's the thing that makes it feel so special is you have two or three teams that are legitimately great teams. And then you have a bunch of teams that could, that could really just be eight and eight, right? Yeah. A bunch of eight and eight teams. And you have two or three teams that are poo poo garbage uh, that are trying to, you know, they're tanking to still, a phrase from other other podcasts and stuff. But yeah, there's that, teams that, that poor Bengals teams. fan who's still on top of his restaurant waiting for their first win. I really? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he froze. I don't know. Oh but but they haven't won yet. So if he's if he's true to his word, he's still up there. Hopefully, with a nice down comforter. Yeah, or maybe a, a golden toilet. <laughs> um, yeah, we need to check in on. Him. And yes. I don't mean like for our show. I think like I feel legitimately bad. Like we, we need to contact him. Like you okay? Maybe we should send him a subjectively correct T-shirt to keep him warm. Um, but fo- football does the parody thing pretty well. I mean, I you know you say that, but the Patriots have won what six Super Bowls in right. the we, last. I guess it's been two decades that you count that right. span. But but still, um, football well, it feels it feels like you can you can get a hot team that the year before wasn't so great and for whatever reason something clicked and now they're a playoff team and maybe they go on to the Super Bowl, right? Right. And then you also have like the the opposite effect where you have a team in the Super Bowl like the Falcons and then two years later with largely the same personnel, you know, they're one of the worst teams in the league. Right, because what I have their offensive coordinator now. That's right. How <laughs> Shanna has mine now. Yeah. Um you know a sport that I mean, of all the major sports, David, which would you say has the most parody? Hockey? Maybe. I don't think enough about hockey to, 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 <laughs> to, to rebut that. I can't say. Did well, you know that? This... No. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Okay. No, no, you go ahead. So the, there's one professional sport uh, that has, over the last six years, each of its divisions has won a championship. It's well, baseball. Cool. It's baseball. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. I figured it was baseball. But yeah. That's so cool. you, yeah. So if you go back the last six winners, they've all come from a different division, one of the six divisions, right? And that's uh, that's pretty remarkable. Makes me think it's rigged, right? But just especially because the Dodgers didn't win. No, but if you oh, go back, you go back rigged. six years to the last time the Giants won. And then uh, I won't go through it all. But you had you had the Giants, you had the Royals, you had what the Nationals this year, the Astros, um, the Red Sox. Who who won from the? Let's see, who won from the NL Central? That was the Cubs. The Cardinals. Oh, the Cubs. Cubs, yeah. Uh, AL West was Astros. AL East was the Boston. AL Central. Royals, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So everyone, ever, all, all six divisions were represented uh, World Series champions in the last six years. Pretty interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and 
we're on, on the topic of baseball now. Can we talk about how bad Justin Verlander is in the World Series? <laughs> so sure. the last time, last time we recorded, we took a couple weeks off because of shenanigans, yeah. right? I got the World Series. The last time our show talked about the World Series, the Nationals were up 2-0, and it looked like they were going to steamroll the Astros. Yeah, I predicted. I predicted five. I predicted a four-one uh, five-game uh, gentleman sweep for the Nationals, and I was feeling very bad about my prediction when the Nationals were down three-two, heading back what? to Houston. I mean, they lost. Every- okay, when you beat Garrett Cole and then you beat Justin Verlander, who is a good pitcher, unless he's pitching in the World Series. Um, and you beat them on the road. On the road, and. You, I mean, I thought the World Series was over right there. I was, I was confident in telling my wife we were talking about. It. We watched, I think we watched just about every pitch of every game, which is fun. But we were like, I told my wife, like, "Wow, it's kind of, I'm kind of disappointed because I was hoping it would be a good series because both those teams play really great, fun baseball. Uh, whether you like pitching, whether you like hitting, or good fielding teams, it was like I knew it was going to be good baseball. And I was like, "Oh, we're only going to get four games out of this." Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> they went back to Washington, uh, got eaten by the Astros and they come back to uh, Houston and I thought okay game six they get it okay that's great and then game seven happened whoa what a fun world series man I enjoyed the crap out of that also Justin Verlander did not enjoy the crap out of it no it's it's a weird thing right because we talked about it he's got the reputation of big game pitcher and just for whatever reason in the world series he's got you know a high ERA for someone like him no wins. I think he's now what zero oh, and six or something like that in yeah, the he, World he Series. Got a no de- he got a no decision in Game Seven, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, well, he didn't pitch Game Seven. Grinky pitched Game Seven. Oh, that was Grinky. Grinky, bless that guy's heart, right? He kept him in it. He kept him in it, and and what, so you had a case again in the World Series for the third straight year where the manager makes questionable pitching decisions right yep. and maybe it's part of the script right maybe the the front office says if you know in this scenario you pull the pitcher right and the manager's hands are somewhat tied because you know they're a puppet or whatever but i i don't get the sense that aj hinch is a puppet and no i was he, gonna he, say that yeah he he you know he pulls Granky after in game seven Granky's rolling gives up a home run and a walk Right, that was it. Right, a home run walk, and then then the, whoever comes in was it Harris? Someone came in, and then gave up the home run to Soto. Uh, no, that was the Kendrick home run. Oh, Kendrick, right? Yeah, Soto walked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rend- Rendon hit the home run. Soto walked. Kendrick hit the home run. Here's here's my thing. When Anthony Rendon hits a home run off of you, you know what you do? You go back down and pitch to the next guy, knowing that you probably made a great. And that's yeah. just one of the best hitters in baseball. But right. Is, like when when Derek Bonds had a home run against the best pitcher, you just let it happen because the dude raked every time, no matter what. Rendon is not Barry Bonds level because no one is. Barry Bonds is the best baseball player in the history of baseball. I mean, that's not just me saying that. All the all the statistics prove that. And I've gone over that several times on the podcast. I don't need to get bogged in that right now. But it's a juicy Anthony topic. A great, it is. Ooh, I see what you did there. Uh, when Anthony Rendon hits one off your best guy, you just let your guy keep going because he still had a lead. He was still pitching well. And, yeah, he yeah, had a really so low course, pitch of course, Yeah, Right. And since 2020, of course, we're going to say, of course, they've great, but who knows what will happen. But I do feel like managers in the World Series start outthinking themselves, and they start beating yeah. themselves by overmanaging and over-tinkering. Because Garrett Cole is obviously the best pitcher. He doesn't have anything to rest for the next day. This is game seven. Why not bring him yeah. in? Who cares if it's in a bad situation? He's not used to closing or whatever. You put your best guys in a position to win, right? That's right. You don't, you don't send Aaron Rodgers off the field and run wildcat when you're down three with two minutes to go in the game. You keep your guy, put best guy in there no matter what, right? And this is so it was so weird for me to see Garrett Cole get up and throw for a little bit and then put his hoodie on, skulk, and then leave the team. Right. That was such a weird thing to me because why not? Put yeah, and the, uh, yeah, and, and, the, and the explanation is well, if we if there was an opportunity to close, he would have come in. Well. Yeah, but by not bringing him in, you you didn't allow an opportunity did to not close. <laughs> yes. There's, 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 I think there's some old school baseball mentality in there that doesn't yeah. make any sense to a lot of us, right? Where it's, is he your best pitcher? Yes. You didn't pitch him. Why? Because it wasn't exactly the way we wanted it to go. Okay, well, that's sports, man. I mean, what goes as scripted? Almost yeah. nothing, right? So I, anyway, it was super confusing yeah. for, to for me. For me, it was... Yeah, it was shades of, you know, Dave Roberts, the last two World Series, especially last year, pulling Rich Hill. It was a game two when Hill was rolling. Dodgers were going to even up the series and uh, pulled Rich Hill and, and uh, 
you know, that was kind of all she wrote for the Dodgers at that point. But, oh, well. Yeah, I mean, we'll always, we will always, it's a, baseball's our national pastime. Our second national pastime is uh, questioning coaching decisions, right? Question, questioning managers. So what I do want to mention, though, and this is, this is kind of too bad because the failures of the Astros have kind of overshadowed Steven Strasburg being who Amazing. we all thought he would have been 10 years ago. Right? 10 years ago, we thought this would be Steven Strasburg. He was going to run the league for years. And now that he's healthy, now that he's in, in the best shape, uh, it seems like of his playing career since he was young. I mean, since he first came in the league and got hurt, this is the best he's looked. And he pitched amazingly. He deserved the MVP award for his two pitching performances. And he's going to make so much money. I mean, he's, he's giving up a guaranteed hundred million dollars because he knows he can get two hundred. It's crazy, okay, yeah. and uh, that'll be interesting to see what the Nationals do. I mean, they have a an awesome team. Does Scherzer retire? I mean, he's what mid thirties. Um, oh, as well as and started breaking though. down this year a little bit. What? As well as he pitched in the in the postseason, though. I mean, I I wouldn't stop playing if I were him. Well, I, and I, no, I don't know if he will or won't, um, but, you know, you wonder those guys, he has, like, such fire. Once you finally win it, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, – if he still has the motivation or not, but it, but his body started to break down this year. When you start getting shots, right, I mean, when you're starting to need the uh, the cortisone shots to just kind of get out there and play, um, not a great – not a great sign – but it's, it's like uh, it's like Mel Clark and Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so they've got a a few big free agent decisions, and not most of it is not in their hands, right? I mean, uh, like I said, Scherzer could retire. Strasburg's a free agent. Rendon's a free agent. Um, you bring these guys back, no, you know, you're gonna have to pay Soto. He's a he's a long ways out. I mean, he's probably still got four or five years of arbitration. Until he gets to arbitration, um, and but but these guys, you know, no one's from D.C. No one has, uh, as far as I know, strong ties to the area. Uh, Rendon's from Texas. Uh, he's from Houston. They've got a third baseman in Bregman, but they're, you know, they don't need to. Uh, they don't need a new third baseman. Rangers could probably use one if he wanted to be back in Texas. He could stay. Uh, Strasburg's from, what, Southern California, pitched in San Diego. Maybe he wants to work his way back here. I know a team that would love to have him. Um, yeah. Now the Angels looks like they're going to target Garrett Cole, and uh, he also wants to, I think, wants to be on the West Coast. So the Astros will look a little different as well. Um, but this, this is... Uh, Second to NBA free agency, which cannot and will never be topped. Uh, baseball free agency often is exciting. Last year was kind of a bit of a uh, letdown because there was all the, the Harper speculation. And then it's like everything took so long to play out because it was just a big game of chicken. Who was going to sign first and kind of set the set the bar set the market? Yeah. And uh, and so you had a few really big deals, right? You had the Machado deal, you had the Trout deal, you had the Harper deal, uh, but then not a whole lot of other kind of big shakeups. Uh, I mean, you had some trades. Real Muto was traded, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. There's a few big names on the market that can really improve teams, um, and that'll all happen, we think, over the next month. You know, usually by you know. December, mid-December, you you have a lot of these big deals done. Last year, though, it took a long time. It took, you know, into the spring for some people. Right. Remember, it's the hot stove, Anthony. Hot remember stove? when they called it the hot stove? I, I saw a tweet mentioning the hot stove today. The, the Braves right. signed uh, some pitcher, Darren Day or something like that. The hot stove is back. Yeah. The hot stove. But right. congrats, so- congrats to the Nats. Uh, I think the season awards are still coming out. I know, uh, for example, Bellinger got a silver slugger and he got a golden glove, his first golden glove. Congrats, Belly. Uh, MVPs are still uh, to be announced. So I hope they give it to Yelich again. You hope they give it to Yelich? I think he missed too much time. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, and his team didn't perform in the postseason. 
Well, without him still, but I mean, yeah, you got to give it to a player like Bellinger who performed throughout the year. Oh, you said you hope they don't well, give it. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's Bellinger or Rendon. It's one of the two. For yes, the, and, for the and, and, Rendon's, and unfortunately, uh, I mean, I feel like MVP is a regular season award. But it is. Rendon's yeah. performance in the postseason will influence people. Because the last thing that we saw Rendon do was well, win a World Series. The yeah, last thing I think we saw the voting was lose. Yeah, I think the voting should have concluded before the playoffs, though. Hmm. I, I, we can we can yeah. check on that, but that typically, at least like in basketball, that's how it's done. You vote, you vote, even though the award isn't actually announced until after the season's over. The voting is done before the end of the regular season, right. or at at the end of the regular season. Right. Um, Something I wanted to talk about too. Trout should probably win the AL MVP award every year. They should just and rename it. I think, yeah. And we're just going to get you know, the same way we got LeBron MV, MVP fatigue. Like, even if he's probably the best player in the NBA or the most valuable player in the NBA most years, we got to give it to other guys. Yeah. I think Mike Trout's getting, reaching that stage where he is the best player in baseball and it's consensus now. And the statistics are starting to really pan out. Like he has a, a higher war than Derek Jeter already, you know, uh, over the careers. And so anyway, he's just a phenomenal player. And he unfortunately doesn't get a lot of attention. West Coast, not a lot of people see his games, but also uh, they're not in the playoffs. Right. So he'll probably win the AL MVP, super deserves it. And he, like you said, they should probably rename the uh, re, uh, award after him. So I'm a little nervous right now, Anthony, because we've been going at this for a while now. And you haven't talked about basketball at all yet. I'm nervous <laughs> about how long we're going to go tonight because you, I mean, they have an exciting season for what it looks like. Yes, I am trying to keep myself um, very even killed. And oh my gosh, the Lakers are six and one, David. Uh, I think we're going to win a championship. LeBron is the best player in basketball. Anthony Davis is the second best player in basketball. Alex Caruso is the third best player in basketball. And Alex Caruso. <laughs> even Rihanna. Even Rihanna is like, yeah, look at that guy. Um, hey, Rihanna, he's taken. Okay, I've seen the Instagram really? photos. I think he's got a girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> women are just lining up for him. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. But um, okay, okay. What I, I, I think I think that I think the Lakers are great. They, they same thing with the 49ers. They the the teams they've beaten. Yes, they beat they beat the Mavs. Yes, they beat the Spurs. Um, but I want to see how they do tonight against the Heat. Heat are playing really well. I want to see how they do tomorrow uh, this weekend against the Raptors. Uh, we can't really know what this team's going to be like until you get into Christmas and beyond. Um, but and, the the start the... has gone about as well as it can go. Uh, other than some opening night, uh, an opening night letdown, which partly, you know, I mean, you play a good Clippers team. Hats it's, off to the Clippers. Kind of, it's kind of the LeBron staple to to sputter out of the gate and then explode. That's what he did with the Heat. It's what he did with the Cavs when he came back to play with Kyrie. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, well, also, the, the Lakers had an interesting lead up to the season. They missed uh, about two weeks of training when they were in China and – were there you know obviously we talked about China and the big uh, NBA uh, uh, fiasco there well they, they weren't even like allowed to, they weren't even like allowed on to courts to practice for like a week and so when most teams were practicing and and uh, and you know becoming a more cohesive unit they were just kind of in the hotel like watching movies and film and stuff and so they're they're a week or two behind schedule and so that may be, you know, factored in uh, and, and still fa factoring in. If you watch these games, when, and I've watched each of these games, David, uh, they have a really bad habit of um, kind of not being too interested until the third or fourth quarter. And then someone decides, hey, uh, let's try and win this game. And then all of a sudden they, they lock it down defensively. You watch like the Bulls game the other night. They gave up sixty something points in the first half, and then thirty something in the second. Right, and it was just two different teams. Someone flipped the switch, and I've seen that before with uh, some of the Kobe Powell Laker teams. And it's a frustrating season to follow because there's too many games that are much closer than they should be. Um, and so hopefully uh, they get out of that habit and actually like. 
run some teams out of the building in the first half and can rest people in the fourth quarter. That would be ideal, especially for some load management in game. Um, but they're looking really good. Their defense has been surprising. Um, you know that you knew they had the potential with the people they signed in the offseason and with their length and, and athleticism. And when LeBron's engaged, he's uh, a top defender in the league. And then you have a resurgent Dwight Howard. You have Anthony Davis, who's just everywhere on the court. Uh, combined with Danny Green, Avery Bradley, and a bunch of guys who, uh, you know, just give it effort. And uh, they're they're daunting. The, the offense needs to come along, but but uh, yeah, they're they're clicking right now. So you you mentioned I didn't even mention Kyle Kuzma, who's coming back and he's looking good. Yeah, so, he's played two games and had had a good fourth quarter the other night. But uh, yeah, he's still a ways off, I think, from returning to his former self. Right, so then just add another, just giving them another leg up when he comes back 100%. So I think the absolute best sign for Lakers' success is that Dwight Howard looks amazing as a Laker. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. (laughs) It's like, but I'm happy for him because he he was a, a star player in the league. He's a superstar player in the league. People were talking about him being one of the most desirable players in the league. James wanted him, right? Like, if you yeah. start a team right now, do you take Dwight Howard? Maybe, right? Which is a crazy conversation to have now, looking back on it, right? I mean, right. If, if we, we're not going to have that same conversation now. But he's coming off the bench for the Lakers, and he gives the, the a LeBron team exactly what he needs in that unit. Someone who can stuff, the, who can protect the rim, who can play in transition, clean up the mess, and get some second chance points and clean up the boards on the defensive end. He's playing his role, and he is thrilled to be there playing a role with LeBron. He sees what he could have with LeBron. And he's happy to do that. And LeBron James has that effect David. on wait, people wait, wait. like Dwight Howard. But, but. To, quote, to quote Dwight Howard, it's not a role. It's a purpose. All right, whatever. Sure. Uh, call it what you want. He's playing his role really, really well. And it's a perfect role for him at this point in his career. And I'm happy for him because he's, you know, he's successful. Good for yeah, him. Laker, Lakers fans have a, uh, a complicated relationship with Dwight, right? I mean... We uh, traded for him. Uh, what was it? 2012, 2011, mm-hmm. and uh, came with much fanfare with Steve Nash. And uh, after one season, bolted. And, um, and 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 during his one season here was not um, that great. And so. And, and and since then, he's kind of been a laughing... It's kind of weird, because he had... Up until that time, he had a Hall of Fame career. Like, he could have retired, and he would have gone to the Hall of Fame. Like, he it was he was that good. And uh, and since then, he's kind of been a laughing stock and been plagued by injury, and at times out of shape, and disinterested, and kind of a locker room problem. And um, whatever... If it true, I mean, who knows? He's playing so well. I, I almost don't want him to play so well because I don't want him to get a big head and think he's really good again, right? Like I want him to stay humble and hungry, uh, because it, it's amazing what coming off the bench would do to keep you. Humble. Yeah, trust me, as a guy who did that, it, it kept me humble. Well, and so, yeah, maybe hopefully he stays with that second unit and they don't start thinking about inserting him into the starting unit, even though I think that would actually help the starting unit because JaVale McGee has not been a uh, a great player for the Lakers this year. Um, he just kind of doesn't seem... He wants to run, right? He wants to get up and down the court. And at this stage in LeBron's career and the way the Lakers play with the Avery Bradley, Danny Green, Anthony Davis, LeBron lineup, it's a much slower-paced team, especially on offense. And um, and, and and they're good in the, in the half-court, but JaVale is not. He is not a half-court center, right? He's yeah. good in transition. He's good at catching a lob. Um, but uh, he's not the most, uh, what, high IQ in the half-court. Right, yeah. and so, so and 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 LeBron will turn on speed a little bit in the playoffs, and Javale will be more valuable when they're going 100 percent in the playoffs and pushing the ball a little bit more, which is what LeBron tends to do. I think playoff mode is just LeBron running more. I think that's when he says playoff mode, I'm just going to run, but yeah. he'll be more valuable then. But I, I kind of tend to agree with you. Javale McGee doesn't really fit in with what LeBron needs right now, 
Yeah. But Dwight Howard seemed well, to and, be and, doing just fine. But they don't need they don't need to play a lot of those guys at the five. Anthony Davis should be playing a lot of the five. Well, and and I think they're saving that, right? So w- when we get to the playoffs, you may see that a lot more. Anthony Davis may start and end the game at the five. Um, and then Dwight still come in and, and, and give him relief, and he moved down to the four. Um, but I don't think they want to exhaust him at the five quite yet. He prefers the four, and so I think they're just part of – you know, it's an interesting thing because this season, yeah, Anthony Davis can leave. It's, a, it's, it's a, you know, just kind of like Dwight's scenario where they trade with, for him with one year left on his deal. Um, Anthony Davis can leave, so they have to – balance doing what's best for the team uh, versus keeping Anthony Davis happy. And hopefully those align, right? For the most part, those should align. And if they're winning, I think everyone's happy and on board and Anthony Davis comes back, assuming, you know, they make the playoffs and they do well in the playoffs, he probably comes back. But there is a legitimate scenario where Vogel says, no, Anthony Davis, the five is what's best for the team. He plays him with the five. He has a bad experience or gets injured. Uh, they end up not making the playoffs or they make it, but they don't go far. And then Anthony Davis leaves to team up with someone else, right? Like that's that's the nightmare scenario, right? Because you gave up the youth, right? For whatever you think of the youth that you gave up, you gave them up, right? And you gave up picks in the future. And so you need this to work out. You need this to be a good season for Anthony Davis. And so not at the expense of a championship, but basically at the expense of everything else, you have to cater to Anthony Davis. Because he's yeah. the future of the franchise, right? So, oh. Anthony, I want to I end the show with something really intelligent that I sent to you on Twitter. Uh, they often call the basketball round ball, right? Round yeah. ball is what some people call basketball. And LeBron is commonly known as the what? The king. Uh, the king. And yeah. so, what do I call them? I call them the king of the round ball table. Yeah, and okay. I said that Dwight Howard was knighted as a knight of the round ball table. But my personal mm. favorite was that Alex Caruso was the treasurer of the knights of the round ball table. That was that was my favorite. I just want to. I feel like we should end the show on that because it was super intelligent and clever and funny, and I liked it a lot. And obviously, the show is your friend and you're supportive, super supportive. Support me. Um, I I support you with that. Thank yeah, you. we we can I end the podcast now. Supported. I feel validated and supported. And now we can end the podcast. Okay. All right. Let's do this in person next time so we can, uh, you know, our dear listeners deserve better. We should have ended the podcast where we said, let's end the podcast because you supported me. Oh, yeah. And I still support you. I would like to do the podcast again in person. It's just so much better to see you in person. Good. It's kind of weird. <laughs> All right, David. Uh, well, I don't have anything else to say. Lakers are up 18-8 on the heat, so I'm going to go watch some basketball. Uh, good luck to the Niners on Monday, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>